Welcome to the JMJ Missions Podcast. My name is Anthony, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Dan Palmieri and Rocco Tarabarelli. JMJ Missions is a three-person, online, and in-person Catholic evangelization team. You can find us on any social media, and we give talks to parishes. So if you're interested, feel free to book us. If you want to support this podcast, click the link, and you can donate to us on Anchor. Today's topic is about marijuana. What's the church teaching on it? What's your opinion on it? Uh, is it wrong? Is it sinful? Is it recreational? Uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But Dan, I think you have a little bit of small talk for us. Yeah, um, I'm just going to be honest with you. I said I would think of something a few minutes ago, and I have no idea. So the one day that I get to take the night off from yeah. small talk, I, you can't even it, step I just, up. I for, you're right. I totally forgot that I was even doing it. Um, let, um, uh, you know what? I'm going to pause for a second. We're going to pause this, but to our listeners, this is a really cool hack. It won't seem like we're paused. That's right. Okay. Right. All right. All right. It actually only took maybe like, uh, like 30 seconds. Uh, but here is my small talk question that I just came up with. If you could visit any country in the world besides the ones that you have visited, which for all of us would be just the United States and Venezuela, because we have a lot of friends in Venezuela, since we are close with the Batania Foundation and family mm -hmm. of Maria Esperanza, outside of um, the United States and Venezuela, what country would you visit and why? Can I add a rule? Yeah. You can't visit a country that is also your ethnicity. So okay. if like, you're Swedish, you can't say Sweden. Oh, mm -hmm. I yeah, Because like that's that. not fun. Okay. Because like, obviously we're going to say Italy. Yeah, so obviously. I, yeah. You're gonna and need I to, wasn't. Like, oh, Rock wasn't. Okay. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind then. I'll just be quiet. <laughs> I have nothing against Italy. Me neither. I mean, we got the Vatican and Rome and all that. And then I am, out of all the ethnicities, I, I'm most Italian out of anything. Me too. I'm less than half. And Irish. Which, yeah. I, I am less than half Italian. <laughs> and that's by far the, not by far, but that's the highest uh, amount of you know, blood of one nationality or ethnicity that I do have. Right. Outside of that, I'm Slovak um, and a few other things, including Irish. So, um, yeah, that's my, my family's ancestry, ancestry heritage. Real quick, what are your guys? My, uh, I'm an Italian and Irish. I got the Irish skin and the Italian hair. Just those two? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. all. Yeah. Well, like half and half? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and I'm full Italian. Full Italian. Mm -hmm. Full of the name like Rocco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Tarabarelli. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds really French. Wait, no. so Rock said he wasn't going to pick Italy. So, Rock, what would you pick then? Um, it's a toss-up between Ireland and Switzerland. <laughs> because Switzerland is just profoundly beautiful, just from videos and pictures I've seen. I never would have guessed that. Rock. Absolutely. Um, and then, so I would love to visit Switzerland for its sheer beauty but i think i would love to visit ireland for the catholic history of it and um visit the pubs <laughs> <laughs> um, in dublin can, if i can ask you um is it like the swiss alps that you're thinking of like the beautiful Probably, yeah. yeah the mountains yeah. and very nice country I, I, yeah it's true i hear really nice things about it too yeah craig yeah. adams has a hiking video in switzerland so i'll have to send that to your rock i gotta take a look at mm -hmm. that mm-hmm Awesome. We like Craig Adams. His videos are very peaceful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> great footage. Craig, if you ever listen to this, which I'm sure he's not. Um, he like, might. Great, yeah, maybe. Great videos. Yep. Great, Thanks, great stuff, Craig. Man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a YouTuber. You can look him up. It's K-R-A-I-G. Yeah. Craig, Craig with a K. <laughs> yeah. And where would you go? I would go to Iceland. I've always wanted to go to Iceland ever since I watched Muddy Ducks 2. I've just been. I just wanted to go to Iceland. Um. I hear there's a lot of nice coffee shops in Reykjavik. Oh, that's the right up my alley. Yeah, Perfect. a lot of coffee shops. Yeah. Um, I hear it's very, very nice touristy town. Gets mm -hmm. a lot of tourism. 
It's probably like 50% of their economy. Mm-hmm. No offense, anybody listening from Iceland. We love you. <laughs> I don't um, think they're on the list yet. On on our, We can check the stats of the countries that listen. I don't think Iceland is there yet. How many countries have listened to uh, us? Over 20. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exciting. And, and I counted the states because I have no life. 38 states. People wow. have listened wow. to us so in 38, 38 states. U.S. states. Yeah, so if countries. you're a part of those 12, like get it together. Like, What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You're right. Is Alaska on there? <laughs> No, they're not on there. North about, Dakota's not on there. We need North Dakota. Yeah, there's like four people there. I don't yeah. think I'm offending anybody because I don't think they're going to even listen. <laughs> I think their driver's license license age is like 15. Like oh, you, wow. you can drive at 15. I think you have a certain farmer's Dakota. license, right? Uh, Maybe? No, I think like it's legit straight up. No. Yeah, wow. straight up car. Well, yeah. that'd be awesome. Honestly, North Dakota, we would love to get you on that list. Hawaii is Should Hawaii that be the Easter there? egg? Just comment North Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> All right, just <laughs> comment list... North Dakota anywhere on yeah. anything. Any YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, any, any Instagram any post. Instagram, just yeah. say North Dakota, and we'll totally understand what it means. Yep, we get it. Yeah. No one else will get it. We'll get it. Yeah, and then we'll pray for you. Yeah, oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Dan, what's your answer? Oh, crap. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I... I think it would have to be Britain and Ireland, just the British Isles. I don't know why, but um, just... I know the weather is like hazy and you know and cloudy, but I, I've always wanted to go visit there. I love history. I love the history there. Um, I've always wanted to just see the the, the history in England and and in Wales and Scotland. Um, I've always wanted to visit London and and see Big Ben and all that kind of stuff. See the red buses and the red <laughs> phone booths. It's just it's just a very cool, classy area. Um, and uh, also Ireland, just because um, a lot of Catholic heritage there. Our Lady of Knock. Appearing mm-hmm. in Ireland. Um, the only apparition where she didn't speak, I think. Yeah. She didn't say yeah. anything there. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. I think it was just uh, St. Joseph was part of that. And yeah. John, uh, the Apostle John, I believe, right? And it was just, it was all symbolic, the whole mm-hmm. thing, which is really cool. Maybe we can even do a podcast on that in the future at some point. Um, and um, honestly, it's like a modest country. It's, it's yeah. the greenery I've seen in pictures, very green, very lush, uh, a very, very distinct culture. Just very interesting. Um, of course, I, I've always, I, I'll travel anywhere. I, I think every culture, I mean, like, we're, we're proud Americans here, uh, but every culture in the world has something very beautiful to offer, has a certain taste to it, has a history to it. Its beliefs, its language has been shaped by very interesting and cool things. I love seeing the, um, the religious heritage of different countries. I love thinking about it. So, um, But if I had to pick right now, if I just, you could plot me anywhere, I guess it would be like Britain or, or Ireland. Um, but I, I would kind of go anywhere. That's a good answer. If I went to England, I would do two things. One, I would listen to Mumford and Sons relentlessly. <laughs> and two, I would need to go to a Premier League soccer game. That's on my bucket list. I would <laughs> love to go to one. I don't even care who it is. Any any game, I would go. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, they, man, they, they, they are into it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think more like... so than we're into the NFL. You think, I think so? I think they love Premier League more than we love the NFL. Yeah, it's probably the only comparable thing is the NFL mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah. But that that is interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. If you if you are from uh, Great Britain, shout out to yeah. you guys. Props to you guys for listening. Thank you for listening. And thanks for Mumford & Sons. <laughs> thanks for Mumford & Sons. Just from, just, you know, where you, you, can th- you can receive our thanks on behalf of the entire British population. <laughs> um, so... Yes, uh, for all of our international listeners, like wherever you're at, South mm-hmm. America, we've got Bolivia, many in Europe, and in South America, Canada, mm-hmm. um, Mexico, Mexico. Uh, we love you and mm-hmm. thank you so much. And thanks for listening. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. And the, the way we try to do this podcast, just for those that are listening, is like we're very chill, we're very laid back. We want you to feel like you're a friend of ours, like mm-hmm. you're sitting in our room, just kind of chilling with us, hanging out with us, and being uh, a chum. Yeah. Uh, whether you're male or female, just being a friend of ours, <laughs> right. um, chum is very male, <laughs> male sounding yeah. term. But uh, we we thank you, we love you. Yeah, and we on pray, that note, we pray for you too. On that note, I put on one of our podcasts for my dad uh, like uh, about a month ago, 
and he listened to it for a solid 25 minutes and he was just like you know it just sounds like you guys are just hanging out <laughs> and i said that's kind of the point yep yeah, that's absolutely. exactly what we're going for uh-huh uh, so right. th- thanks for hanging with us yeah all right let's take a break and then we'll come back with the topic all right so before we get to our main topic just something just we want to spend a few minutes on that we really couldn't ignore uh, our christian our catholic faith just doesn't let us bypass this um as as much as we don't like to be too controversial like from what i've experienced in my life um when you're just ra- rallying your base when you're only just saying catholic or christian talking points to get christians excited that's nice but you're not doing anything to really inspire souls to come to the lord to, co- to come to catholicism or to come to christianity in general so our general tone is we try to be uplifting and positive however we are faithful catholics and we're faithful christians um we we, we don't back down when it comes to any of the church's teachings and um one one very serious discussion we we felt we couldn't ignore we had to have for just a minute or two even that uh january 22nd is coming up is uh the discussion on life and abortion um we do have to say that uh, every time period you look at the church history there's always been throughout these 2000 years um grievances against church teaching you know maybe in the middle ages because everybody was catholic maybe maybe it was um corruption uh, selling of indulgences, people being more obsessed with looking holy than being holy. Uh, obviously, in the early church, it was the persecutions, it was the martyrdoms, it was the, that was the the toughest part, and the also probably the the glory days of the church, you could say, when it's in its baby stages, when the Christians were going to you know willing martyrdom in the gladiator arena in the Colosseum. Um, you know, maybe 150 years ago, it was the Enlightenment, it was slavery in the United States, and maybe some other places in the world 100, 200 years ago. We believe that in our time period today, the big, huge uh, black mark on our culture is abortion. Um, it is the taking of an innocent human life. Um, it, it, it is, um, you know, a mother's womb, being a dad now, especially, this is hitting home really, really strongly, of my seven-month-old son. A mother's womb was supposed to be the most um, protected, safest, most sacred place for a young, tiny soul, tiny fetus, tiny baby. Um, and uh, we believe that when 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 a mother decides to kill her child, it's it's very serious. So we do want to say and repeat that John Paul II was against the culture of death. He called it our culture a culture of death, um, and that we have to be standing for life every chance we get. On January twenty second, every year in the United States, we have the pro life march. Um, I've been to many of them where we try to fight for the rights of the unborn who can't speak for themselves. And you know what? This is kind of serious. I don't like being too serious, but I will say this. Here's why it's something positive. The pro-life movement is not anti-women. It is completely pro-women because I just read a quote today. Three-fourths of all negative um, things that happen due to an abortion have to do with women because um, half of all the babies that are aborted are women. And all the mothers that go through this terrible process are women. So three-quarters of all human beings affected by abortion negatively are women. Mm-hmm. So to be pro-life is the most most pro-woman thing you could be. Mm-hmm. Pro-motherhood, pro-life. And I have to say, the reason the church is so strong about this, number one, is because it's common sense. If God wants to get bring life into the world, it's not up to us to stop it. But also because every church teaching we have is about hope. Our faith in Jesus Christ is is based on hope 
and it's based on love. And it's based on the idea that God is going to take care of things, whether in earth or in heaven. And the taking of a human life, even if you, people say, well, what if a woman's raped? Or what if a – and that's horrible. God's not okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, rape is absolutely horrible and disgusting sin. But what if something like that? Or what if it's a bad situation? What if the girl is 15 or 16 and has no one there to take care of the baby? I get it. These are – we get it. These are tough situations. But God is a God of hope and goodness and someone that clings to God with deep faith and honestly tries to do his will. Even if you're in a situation where you have an unwanted pregnancy, he will provide. He will take care of you, but you've got to have faith and hope. The message of Christianity, Jesus coming to earth, is the most optimistic, hopeful message the world has ever seen. Why do people call the gospel good news? When Mark and Matthew and Luke and John sat down to write their gospels, they called it the good news of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we found out when Jesus came that God exists. He has a plan for you. He's with you in your sufferings. He'll bring good out of your sufferings. He'll bring good out of bad situations. And even if you die, which is the worst thing that can happen to you, hey, guess what? There's heaven. When you live life like that, you just don't need to make any decisions like abortion. You know he's going to take care of you in the toughest of situations, whether that's putting out the baby for adoption, whether that is relying on your family, whether that maybe even relying on government assistance here and there, whether it is you know finding a, a, a good male figure to, to help raise the baby. God will provide if you trust him and you try to do his will. He will help you out. Um, so with that hope in mind, every church teaching, even the controversial ones, uh, have to do with three things. Number one, um, God is real and has a plan for you. Number two, the meaning of life is to love like Jesus did, to love like Jesus did. And number three, every human life is really special. If you can agree with all three of those things, again, I'll say them. One, God is real and has a plan. Two, the meaning of life is to love like Jesus did. And three, every human being is really special. And everybody agrees with those things. Every Christian agrees with those things. That is where every single church teaching comes from. Mm-hmm. Even the controversial ones, we just don't think into them enough. So again, abortion. One, um, God exists and has a plan. Well, if God brought this fetus into the world, he's got a plan for that fetus and that baby to take care of it, mm-hmm. number one. Uh, we just don't trust and have enough faith that he actually does have a plan sometimes. Number two, the meaning of life is to love like Jesus did. Was it easy? No. He put himself on the cross. So a mother and a father have to sometimes put themselves on the cross for that baby. And weirdly enough, that's where they're going to find their true peace and happiness. And number three, every human life is so special, including that baby, including your life. And having that baby and, and taking care of that baby makes your life even have more meaning. So if you'd agree with all three of those things, there's not any church teaching. I guarantee you that you uh, that won't make at least a little bit of sense to you. Okay, so with that, let's pray for life. Let's pray for an end to abortion. Let's pray for hope and goodness to enter people's souls so they have the faith, courage, and firmness to not only stand for church teaching, but to do it with love and to raise children and raise good families with love, which is what's going to provide them with ultimate meaning in life. Amen. Okay, that's the end for our little segment. <laughs> Amen. Dan, that was awesome. That was really good. <laughs> I just want to say that I feel like that was 100% the Holy Spirit just coming out of you. Like, I don't even know how long that was, but that was really, honestly, one of the best explanations I've ever heard you that give. That was incredible. Like, in yeah. my entire life is of knowing you. Oh, thank so you. So, that was well, really good. And you know what's weird about that is um, that has to be the Holy Spirit, because we can't take credit for anything. Before you guys got here to podcast, um, I hadn't prayed a- enough today. I had a stressful, long day. And I was setting up the mics and something said, you know, you need to just like relax before they get here and just pray deeply with your heart to God. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I was like, you know what? They're going to get here. I got to have the mics ready. You know, it's going to be late by the time we get this out and produce it. 
Uh, but I said something said to me, no, you know what? Prayer is the most important thing. So I said a really strong prayer for my heart that this podcast would go well. So it seems like he's already answered. Yeah, I think but that, so. That's also how you know it's not me, and we can't take credit for any of this. It's all the Lord. Mm-hmm. So. Nicely done. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, so should we move on to the next thing? Yeah, maybe we'll have a one quick little music break after sure. that. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay, so after talking about abortion, which is very topical for the anniversary of Roe v. Wade on January 22nd, we also wanted to talk about something that is kind of controversial, but also pretty interesting. And to preface this, there's no official church teaching yet. Uh, Am I right about that? On marijuana, there's no official, official church teaching. Um, So official, official when it comes to things like medical marijuana, Mm -hmm. yes, uh, but... They're kind of, it kind of it depends mm-hmm. <laughs> depends on which bishops you're t- and theologians gotcha. you're talking to. Yeah, most of them are pretty strong in their idea that right. um, getting high just to get high is not <laughs> yeah. God's will. Yeah, I agree with that too. Okay. <laughs> and and also just another preface like this is just our opinions. If you disagree with us, you're more than welcome to. And if we're not correct about something, we're human. So uh, we're just going to tell you what we think about marijuana and how Catholics should handle this. Because I don't know in how many states. I know in our state, our home state of New Jersey, I know recreational marijuana is now legal. Yeah, I think it was like a year or two ago they legalized it. Uh Yeah. So that's something that Catholics, I've heard that question before. I've heard people say like, okay, if I'm a Catholic, practicing Catholic, and uh, a regular Catholic has to abide by all just laws. So any law that's just, you know, you got to follow it um, as long as it's not unreasonable or something like that. So if marijuana is legal, can then someone as a Catholic, you know, smoke marijuana and not be in sin because they didn't break any laws. Right. Um, so I, maybe that's the first thing we should talk about, just because where where's the issue with it, just as a matter of fact, with laws and Catholics? Okay, so the teaching is that, as you said, Aunt, uh, any in our Catholic faith, and if there's any non-Catholics listening, of course we love that you're listening too, but mm-hmm. in the Catholic faith, um, any just law, good, fair law that a country has as a good citizen, you're supposed to obey it. Like the speed limit. Like a speed limit, yeah. although no one, no one obeys that. <laughs> so it might not be the best example. Because <laughs> I don't know if you're actively sitting if you go five miles an hour in the U.S. over the speed limit. No, no. Don't, I don't Ant's, know. Ant's giving you, me looks. You know like, the law. Rock, rock, chi- help <laughs> but me But Rock's here. also scrupulous, so I don't know. Yeah, Let's don't see. ask me. <laughs> Actually, but I want to know. When, when Rock was 17 and got his license, he went 10 miles an hour under the under. speed limit. I remember And, that. and he braked at green lights just yeah. in case they turned red. <laughs> <laughs> Better than better than than our friend Rye, who was like tailgating people on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and me, I was I was doing that too. Um, so that so of course up until this point, mm-hmm. if uh, five know, yeah like five years ago this was an easy question. It's five years ago it's illegal. You're sinning because you're breaking the law. Right, you're uh-huh. breaking a good law. Yeah. There's reasons that the in the U.S. the legal that we was illegal. Right, so, so you're breaking the law. Now so it's a little bit more sin. complicated, a little more complex. Yeah. Um. So if I can just give my opinion first, if you don't mind. No. Yeah. So yeah, I'm what? Just kidding. <laughs> So what I think about this, a lot of people compare it to alcohol. They say like, oh, like, you know, you can be of, you can be over 21, drink alcohol. And, you know, it's, it's not, you're not breaking a law. Like, you know, and, you're, and you, you can also drink alcohol and not be in sin. And I totally agree with that. You right. can have one beverage at dinner um, and you're, you're not sinning at even, all. Even two. Yeah, even, even two. two. And also depending mm. on your size too. Yeah. Where like, were they eight? Were yeah, they like let's say you're stomach or empty right, stomach. Let's say you're like Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> like three beverages for him is not the same as three beverages for me. He probably needs so, ten. Exactly. <laughs> well, so <laughs> I don't know. So that kind of science plays into it. So you can drink 
and not be drunk and not be in sin as long as you're over 21. Hey, if you're 20 and you're you're not inside the the safety of your home and your parents don't know about it, then and you're drinking, okay, you're in sin because you're yeah. breaking the law. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like these following the laws makes it clear sometimes with sin. Um, but you can be of age, have alcohol, and not be in sin as right. long as it's not too much, and you have to know yourself as well. So the difference with marijuana is that I think marijuana, it's I don't know from experience, just being honest. Um, I don't know how high you can get or like or can is having a little bit of marijuana. How high does it make you compared to a lot where right. like if you can have one beverage and you know what it's going to make you feel like right. you can have three and you know what it's going to make you feel like. I don't literally I just don't know because I'm not experienced enough with marijuana in that regard. But I would imagine there's probably not the same type of, of correlation with alcohol. You have the blood alcohol content level and you can tell how intoxicated your system is. With marijuana, I don't think there's a way of measuring it. I don't know if you guys have something to say about that. I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to to gauge that either. Mm-hmm. Like a high um, meter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I do know I do know people that that smoke marijuana and they just seem to take a hit or two, but they're still completely functional. Right. The same way you would have a beer or two, and you're still completely functional. Mm-hmm. And they don't seem high or impaired in any way. Right. If anything, you know, alcohol can impair you more. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's very it's very muddy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is one other thing I know about it is, and this I actually found through a um, video that I watched with Chris Stefanik, and I never know if I say his last name right. Mm-hmm. And he said that the difference between marijuana and alcohol is that alcohol is a depressant. So it uh, it takes away your inhibitions. It slows down your reaction time, mm-hmm. and it can just you know make you not make good decisions, right. especially while driving. And so it's a depressant to your brain. Um, marijuana. And that's why you have to be careful with it. Exactly. Right. Yeah, because too much, then that can lead to damage both right. to your body and possibly to others. Right. And especially if you get drunk, then you're in sin. Um, but uh, marijuana, what that is, it's called psychotropic, and I, I hope I'm saying that correctly. But what a psychotropic drug does is that it changes your reality. So we're alcohol just kind of depress depresses your brain and like slows you down and marijuana can change what your brain sees right like so it can make you see things that aren't there okay i don't know if it's the same as a hallucinogenic drug Mm -hmm. i don't know enough about it but that's that's why i can see like okay that makes sense because if you're doing something that is purposely altering your reality then it's like you're kind of like telling god that your reality isn't good enough um and i think that's where sin can come in yeah, uh, a couple comments. I, I, in my opinion, I think you're onto something when you say like, with alcohol, it's a longer process. You mm-hmm. can go out. Your your friends are having a beer or two with with your with your meal. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you you have a beer or two because it's just that's the, what the social situation calls for. You just right. want to relax a little bit, and you're and you're like you said, rock completely functional. But that takes time. Like a beer or two can take over forty five minutes. Right. If you're chilling and you're mm-hmm. just having a nice eating time. Some fries. Eating yeah, eating some wings or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we love wings. Um. <laughs> I've never heard of someone say, I'm just going to get a little bit high socially. Right. Usually when you take a hit, it's instant mm-hmm. and it's to get high. Yeah. Whereas when you drink, you have a beer or two or some wine, you, you might not be drunk. Well, is it, is it, I mean, just, is it to get high or is it to just take the edge off? Like a social, I think that would a depend. social situation. That would depend. Well, what on if the, they do just person. take one hit, you well, know, and they're not trying to get high? Yeah. So I, the I same way you would have a beer or two just to relax and socialize. Mm. So, again, I think you're. That's definitely not as bad as like trying to actively get fully high, just taking a hit or two. Um, I know being high and drunk are two different things, but they are the same idea. 
it's kind of like the same thing as taking shots then. It's like you're taking a shot or two of beer. Well, how often does someone just take one shot to, to get the edge off? If you're really just trying to take one shot to take your edge off and, you, and you're fully functional, okay. Um, but most of the time you take shots is to get drunk. I just gonna be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Not that taking shots itself is like automatically a big sin because mm-hmm. you can, you technically could have one shot. Like, you know, you're you're out somewhere. Oh, we're having one shot. You have one shot, and you know, you're fine. You you, right. you know, you had a, one shot and one beer. Not that big mm-hmm. of a deal. As long as you're of, of age. Of age, of course. <laughs> over 21, and and this is a nice environment. You're being responsible, of course, mm-hmm. uh, especially with driving. But like, I just have not heard very often of someone just like taking one shot, take the edge off, and not going further. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing. Although. Rock to your point, yeah, it's a good point you made because maybe taking one hit, it's not the same as trying to get fully high and you're still kind of conscious and you're kind of with it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, what I do think though is that I just don't see anything good coming from it. Like, okay, maybe it's not a mortal sin if you took one hit and you can really pull that off. We're just socially, I don't just. It's so weird to think like, oh, I'm gonna socially take a hit. It's right. just like people usually smoke to get high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the rare case that you're just taking really an honest one hit <laughs> socially, um, I just still can't see anything good coming from it. Like you're not, again, like you're saying, you're altering your reality, which is almost like you're telling God, you know what? I I need this, and me and you, we're not doing it. Right, where I, alcohol I need doesn't doesn't alter your reality. Yeah, it doesn't fully. Yeah. I mean, like you can have one beer and not notice a thing at all, mm-hmm. like nothing, yeah. nothing. And I've never heard of someone taking hits and not noticing anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be different in that case. So I think, and also the beer is a much more normal social thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's much more common for you to go out and you're having a, a bite to eat, and people have a beer, and you feel almost nothing at all mm-hmm. in your system, and you're just having a drink. Whereas usually someone goes and gets a hit, like you're 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 trying to do something quick to change your mood right away, mm-hmm. and that just for me, uh, kind of like the church's teachings. The church is really slow to change its teachings because we know the truth, we have the revelation of Jesus, and we think about things. The church thinks about things often for decades or hundreds of years before they actually make a full statement on it. Um, I think the same thing with our bodies. Any quick, I need this to take an edge off right now. I need a shine. It's, it's just for me. It's almost like, you know, you have God, you have prayer, you can close your eyes, you can dump your anxieties onto him, you can, for, for that minute, you can cast your burdens onto him. Um, and you, and I just don't, I just don't see that that's rooted in anything actually good. Whether it's a mortal sin or a sin at all to take one hit socially, I have no idea. I can't comment on that. Mm-hmm. I just could never see a saint wanting or needing to do it. Right. And that's how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah. Not that I'm going to judge. Now, if, are there listeners, if, you know, um, you know. If if you get high, uh, we're not trying to come at you and, or and judge and you. Judge you. Like, yeah, uh, I would I would highly recommend prayer instead. Because mm-hmm. um, like I said, I, I can't tell you it's definitely a sin or not, but um, that's just how I feel. You know? Right. So what about medicinal marijuana? I mean, I feel like this is another topic that can make people argue because I feel like we just kind of finished recreational. So what about medicinal? Yeah, everyone says that. Um, I can't really I can't really comment on it too much. I think if. If it helps people in the end, then it's a really good thing. I mean, why wouldn't it be a good thing? If it stimulates, like, for example, someone's appetite, if they don't have an appetite, how's that a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you brought up cancer patients. Like, if you have a cancer patient that literally can't eat and, right. needs, and needs to eat because cause the chemo's taking over their appetite. Yeah, and, uh, and that's different than the person saying, like, you know what, I want to go smoke weed. That's right. way different than someone who, like, needs food in their system, and that's what it takes for them to get food. I think that's a totally, totally different scenario. Yeah, um, I agree. I think I think God really looks at your intentions. In mm-hmm. fact, in our church teaching on morals, there's three things the church keeps in mind: the object, the intention, and the circumstance. Mm-hmm. So the object is what did you do? Mm-hmm. Is that grave or not? And you know what were you trying to? Or 
what what actually happened. Yeah. Number two is the intention. What was the intention of the person's heart when they mm-hmm. did it? And number three, the circumstances. What were the surrounding circumstances? What happened? What resulted from it? Yeah. Um, you take all those into account when judging a moral action, um, whether something's a sin or a good or bad thing. Uh, the church does openly say, most theologians, though, that the church weighs intentions the heaviest. Mm-hmm. Not that the object, yeah. the circumstances don't matter, but they place the most on what were you trying to do in your heart. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, someone who's just smoking weed just because they're, they have nothing else to do on right. a Saturday night rather than just like praying or doing something productive um, has a different intention than someone who is literally a cancer patient yeah. or who is really, really having a hard time and, and, and needs to eat or something like that, has a good reason for it. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion is that there are two levels to this. And again, this is just my opinion. Right. Um, I am not uh, a theologian. Um, I'm, I'm, a, almost, I'm a grad almost, student. Yeah. Right? I'm, taking, I'm taking classes in it. But um, yeah. even if I was a theologian, I don't represent the, the USCCB, Church, right? Yeah. Like I, I can tell you what the church teaching is and where the church stopped. And the beautiful thing about Catholicism is that they give you boundaries and like what is definitely right and wrong. But then there's an in-between where you can have your own opinion. And mm-hmm. this is one of those in-betweens. Yeah. And uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and, and also in my opinion, I think just because if, if it's fuzzy, like I think just stay away from it. You know what I mean? It's like, like it, for my personal life, just like stay away from it. Like you don't need that. So just like why even dabble with it? Yeah. You know, like just go work out or something. Right. Or that's, pray a rosary. That's a great point. Yeah. Normally, if you have to like argue back and forth with yourself of whether or not it is a sin, yeah, it's, it's like, probably then there's just pro- then there's something off. Right. It's yeah. probably just not God's will. Right. And now you got to ask yourself, like, would Jesus do it? Would yeah. a saint do it? Can I see the Blessed Mother mm-hmm. smoking weed? Yeah. I can't. I, can't. I just. I can't, <laughs> I can't either. Not that like yeah. yeah, like I say, not that you're the worst person in the world, but I just right. could never see that. Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't think it's a good idea yeah. for people to do. Um, but so like try to fill yourself with like godly things like read scripture like you know like study yeah. the lives of the saints like go to daily mass i feel like that should be like some, what you should be doing instead right. of like recreationally smoking right. weed right prayer is a i will tell you the ultimate stress relief is true contemplative prayer from mm-hmm. the heart you really just don't need anything else if you're doing it right and you're trying to order your life after that the right way however on the subject of medicinal marijuana again i am not an expert it's we, people get kind of none of us on are this, yeah. Yeah, on, on this subject my opinion is that there are two levels on one level, of course, you know, medical marijuana, if a doctor prescribes and you really honestly need it. Now, like, do you actually need it or is this your excuse to smoke weed and get high? I think that's the, the there's one point to well, that. Well, that comes down to the person, I think. It comes like, down the to the person. person. Would know. Yeah, but if mm-hmm. you are truly prescribed it by a doctor, you honestly need it, it's your last resort, you know, and painkillers aren't working, Advil's not working, Tylenol, even like Percocet, things like that, which also you can have problems getting addicted to, but in the right state of mind without with moderation if percocet and things like that aren't working that your doctors prescribe for your pain i mean sure is it is it wrong no i don't don't think it is if you're being totally honest about it if it's even for a better reason like i you need to eat have an appetite Mm -hmm. okay no of course i wouldn't say there's anything sinful objectively about it and and you shouldn't judge or get mad at people that are in that situation that's the first level however the second level again is I just can't see the saints just – I can see a saint. Now, maybe we're not at the level of a saint, and that's okay. You're, you're getting there. Mm-hmm. As long as you're working towards sainthood and you're trying to get better every day spiritually, don't get discouraged. Like you're not – maybe we're not at the level of the saints yet. But they are really good examples, mm-hmm. and I just can't see a saint, even when they're in pain, like just smoking weed to kind of relax. Mm-hmm. I can see them – Take, maybe taking painkillers, you know, but mm-hmm. offer, in the end, offering it up as a right. loving sacrifice to God because we forget that on the cross, Jesus turned suffering from a bad thing that, like, wasn't supposed to be there. Because remember, Adam and Eve sinned. That brought sin, suffering, illness, and death into the world. Uh, more sin, I should say. Evil, suffering, illness, and death into the world. And um, that's not technically supposed to be there. So that's why if you have a headache, you can take 
Tylenol. Because people say, well, if I want to be a saint, I should offer it up. That's my students, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you totally could, but it also isn't bad to take Tylenol because, like, it technically was never supposed to be there in the first place. It's the result of a fallen world that we're in. And everyone gets headaches. It's not like you sinned, and that's why you mm-hmm. got a headache. So, But I'm just saying, you, you, so you can take the edge off and take some painkillers, but Jesus did turn suffering by the cross into the greatest way to love God and to love others and to become holy. So if you want to, and the saints would do this, I'm thinking of St. Gemma specifically, one of my favorite saints, but they all really did this, Padre Pio, they will actually actively offer up their sufferings as a super prayer for others. And because there's so much love contained in that prayer of suffering that they're giving, it's like a prayer on steroids. Yeah. It's like God uses that as a super prayer. So if, if, if you know someone who's in sin or who's hopeless in life and they really need God's grace, praying for them does wonders suffering and offering your sufferings up for them, fasting, offering a headache you have for them, doing that does even more wondrous things for their soul because it's more love involved and it's like a super prayer. So I just can't, I can see the saints offering up their sufferings as a super prayer, not intentionally. Like let's say you have a horrible disease, not that you're like not taking any medicine at all. Of course, like you be a normal natural human being and, and take what medicine gives you. I mean, we have some brilliant minds and God may be working through the minds of doctors and nurses to bring about the medicinal benefits that we have today. So of course, like, you know, use medicine all in, 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 in prudence and, and as the Holy spirit and your spiritual director say you should, and God says you should do it. But in the end, pain is not the worst thing in the world. Going to hell is and losing souls are the worst thing in the world. And so saints were so full of love, so full of joy that they could actually actively offer up these sufferings as a prayer for other people, which means I just could never see them getting high to avoid it. Yeah. That's just me. Mm-hmm. But is it wrong? Especially medicinally? No, I, I mean, like, I don't think the church is ever going to come out and say medicinal marijuana is a sin. So if you have done that or you know people that have done that, uh, rest easy. I don't think anyone's going <laughs> to hell about it, you know? Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Well, again, good answer. What would you guys say to someone who just happened to stumble upon this podcast and th- maybe they're atheistic or they're an atheist or agnostic and they're completely fried right now but they're looking for hope you know and they just stumbled upon the the title of this and they said well i need hope and then you guys offer some 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 great things to do in in place of smoking marijuana but they never heard of prayer Mm -hmm. they don't even know what prayer is or what it means they were never taught how to pray Mm -hmm. um where would you say they should be begin I think step one for them, if they're really, really raw, and if they have the desire to get close to Christ, like that's awesome. And like they should give themselves a pat on the back for that because that's an awesome, awesome desire. Right. I think step one for someone who's really raw would be find community, find the right people. Because I feel like if this, I'm going to give this guy a name, Joe, if he wants to, uh, you know, like leave his old ways behind and start pursuing the Lord, he's going to need other friends to help him. Because I feel like if you try to do this by yourself, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah, On so, your own, it's really tough. So, like, you need, like, a team of other people pursuing the Lord with you to hold you accountable and to learn and to grow with them. And this is exactly why Jesus gave us the church. Mm-hmm. He gave us the church for all kinds of reasons, the, the, the teachings, so we know how to live a good life and how, what it means to be holy, the sacraments, so we can actually have real encounters, like doses of grace of him in our hearts, and also the community mm-hmm. you had when like I think of our time at the young adult group we had a really great young adult group that started at our church at the same time we had a couple of cool supernatural experiences 
for me, which logically proved that God existed in the te teachings of the church, that part was cool. The teachings and the sacraments, I'm like, oh, that's all real. But what kept me going was the incredible young adult group. Mm -hmm. And the, and so that was like all 18 to 25 year olds that I hung out with. and um, For years. For years, mm -hmm. for years. And that kept me going. A spiritual director, mm -hmm. a really holy priest uh, that um, what, what was a big, you know, had a big hand in causing our conversions. I met with him for spiritual direction. That helped a ton. And uh, finally, a prayer group, the Batania prayer group at our yep. church that we I would go to. And that was mostly older people, but all, kind of all ages. Mm -hmm. That's not just young people. That's everybody was going to that, praying the rosary and discussing spiritual topics. Um, by going to these groups and staying involved and building friendships, it helps you stay accountable. Yeah. They, they hold you accountable. And not only do they hold you accountable, they just give you something to do. Right. And, and when enjoy. You have, uh, yeah. When yeah. you have, it's like your fam a second family. Mm -hmm. When you have a second family at church, you just feel more comforted. You feel more firm. You just feel better and you just don't need the sins. Right. So it makes it easier to overcome these sins. Mm -hmm. And uh, not that, you know, you know, like we're sp talking specifically about weeds of sin, but just like yeah. you just don't need to do those things. Mm -hmm. uh, and it makes it easier to pray on your own. Um, and you grow with that community. So I think that was a great response. Yeah, community. and good question too, Rock. Oh, fantastic yeah. question. So with that being said, should we move on to the Saint of Cup or do you yes. have one more thing? I, actually, just one more thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those listeners, Rock, that you're saying maybe you're not part of a church yet, maybe you haven't joined a community yet, I would say like, honestly, just right now, start with this. Close your eyes and just um, tell God exactly how you feel from your heart. If you have a crucifix in your house, look at a crucifix. Know that God loves you. Know he's going to take care of you. Um, know that he has a plan for you. And dump your anxiety onto Jesus on the cross and actually do it from your heart. Um, that will absolutely help. He didn't just die for, to take your sins on the cross. He died to take your fears, your anxieties, your hopelessness. And um, then once you've told him everything and dumped it onto him, look inside your soul and try to find that little that little spark of light and hope. We all have it, even if it's really dim. In the hardest times, it's hard to find that light of spark and hope. That, that spark of light and hope in your soul. Um, but that is like the Lord speaking to you. Um, and then if you're Catholic, I would say absolutely get to confession because that helps too to dump all that stuff out, especially mm -hmm. your sins. So you can have a clear conscience, know that you and God are totally good moving forward. Nicely done. All right. So coming up next, we have a saint cup. We have a bunch of names in a cup and Rocco is going to pick one right after this little short, super short break. So the cup is shuffled, and he's about to reach in right now and take a pick. Let me make the shaking sound on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right, Rock, take a pick. Did they even hear that? I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Blessed Francis Xavier Silos. Didn't, didn't, didn't he smoke a pipe? Or was that Pierre Giorgio? One that was Dan's Pierre favorite. Giorgio. Oh, that would have been perfect if it was Pierre Giorgio. However, yeah. this is one of my favorite saints. Blessed Francis Silos was an uh, Eastern. He does tie in. This is weird how the Holy Spirit does this. Mm -hmm. He was an immigrant from Bavaria. If we have any listeners from Germany. We do. Um, Eastern Germany especially. Oh, man, we do. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. cool. So um, he was a immigrant to the United States from Bavaria. He came to the United States in the 1800s because he realized he, he saw an ad in the newspaper from the Redemptorist priests saying that there are tons of Catholic immigrants to the United States and no sacraments. There's not enough priests. Uh, and knowing full well what this meant, that it was going to be a life of hardship. I mean, the priests in the United States in the 1800s lived really tough lives. The average uh, age of death was like their mid to late 40s because they were dying of heart attacks because their parishes were like hundreds of miles big at that time. Knowing full well the the um, consequences of his decision and what would come from that, he decided to enter the Redemptorists and come to the United States. Um, and he ended up being a very holy priest. He was in Pittsburgh at the same parish as St. John Newman. 
So can you imagine that? St. John Newman was the pastor before he was a bishop at this parish called St. Philomena's in Pittsburgh. And Blessed Francis Silos was the associate, the priestly associate. Can you imagine being a parishioner there <laughs> at the same time? He was in Cumberland, Maryland for a little while. He was uh, in Annapolis, Maryland. And finally, he died in New Orleans. I'll tell you a cool story about him before I tell you how he, how he ties in. And again, I know I talked a lot this podcast and last podcast, but this is one of my favorite saints. Uh, I don't know if these guys know too much about I him. I don't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't either. Cool story. He was a mystic. He probably could read hearts. Uh, very gentle. Always in a good mood. Always had a great sense of humor. Um, people would wait in line for hours to, to, so he could hear their confessions because they'd feel so renewed and strengthened afterwards. Um, his last assignment, as I said, was New Orleans. He made such a big impact on the New Orleans community. He was only there a year before he died. Um, and there's a gigantic shrine to him in New Orleans there uh, where they have big festivals every single year, and there's things named after him. That's how big of an impact he made. That the, the New Orleans diocese took up his cause for canonization, even though he only lived there for one year. Right. Um, he helped hundreds of people in that one year. When he was on a train to New Orleans, uh, there were two sisters on the train. Happened to be on the same train. Like nuns? Or... Nuns. Two okay. sisters, yeah, nuns. They saw a priest there. I believe he was just praying the rosary. They approached him, and, and they started talking. And uh, Francis Silos said, um, uh, so uh, wh where are you guys going? They said, oh, we're, we're, we're being assigned somewhere, you know, I forget where. And they said, where are you going? And he literally very casually said to them, and we, they know this for a fact, like the, these nuns were interviewed. He said to them, um, I'm getting stationed to New Orleans. Um, it's going to be my last assignment because I'll be there for about a year, then I'll die of yellow fever. <laughs> that's literally, it's a super yeah, and casual. Said it casually. Wow. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. He went there. Yellow fever was, uh, it's a swampy area. It was really breaking out big time in New Orleans at the time. He didn't care. He would administer last rites and, and, and prayers for people, no matter if he got, con you know, how contagious it was. Uh, he did catch yellow fever, uh, literally almost, and, and died almost exactly a year later. <laughs> and that's how he's casually that's crazy. said it. Yeah, uh, so just amazing stuff. Now, how does he tie into all this? Okay, he smoked a pipe. He loves smoking. So smoke he did. He, yeah, he smoked a pipe. Yeah, we were thinking of Blessed Pierre Giorgio yeah. Frasati. Francis Silo smoked a pipe and loved smoking it. Mm -hmm. he, like So right there, now that's not the same as getting high. Yeah. Although, you know, smoking a pipe can have sometimes a similar effect, but not as strong. Mm -hmm. Probably just tobacco, right? Just tobacco. He yeah. smoked tobacco all uh -huh. the time. When he became a redemptorist priest... He was told, well, you're a priest now. You're in a religious order. You're taking vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. You need to give up those things wow. for God. And he wrote in his diary, I think back to his sister, yeah, I had to give up tobacco, but, you know, I'm doing it for the Lord, and, I'm, and I've made – and even though I used to love doing it and it was one of my favorite things to do, yeah. he says I'm never going to take another, another, another uh, sniff of it. Or, uh, or smoke of it the rest of my life because wow. it's something I'm offering to Jesus. I love the saint cup. Yeah. I, I love how this ties in. That's so cool. Yep. So this is a perfect example. And he's the only other saint I know that did this besides yeah. Pierre Giorgio. So he's a perfect example of how, yeah, like, is smoking a pipe, was that bad for him? No. He was a holy saint before this. He was a really holy dude his whole life. So, no, clearly he wasn't doing anything wrong by doing it. But because he knew it just wasn't getting him anywhere spiritually, mm -hmm. he nixed it. Wow. That's intense. I like that. Yeah. That's sweet. You told me a story about him. I don't I don't even know if you already covered it or not. I was kind of half paying attention, but because I was thinking of, of this story. How he was on a boat and he knew that it was he knew that it was God's will to leave, but he was just so full of sadness, but he just he was leaving his family. Yeah. Um he felt so strongly, so he, he tutored his little brother in Germany. He tutored his little brother in math or something like that, who was 14 or 15. 
and uh, he had like four or five or six brothers and sisters, big family. And one morning, he literally said, I'm sorry, this is going to be the last time we meet. I'm going to tutor you. Because he was living away. He was living at a college at the time, so his brother would come to the college, I believe, and, and or he would visit his brother and tutor him. And his brother said, why? And he said, because um, the Blessed Mother told me last night that um, I'm, I'm supposed to go to America. And he had to show, and you know, America was not the the nation that it is now where mm-hmm. everyone knows about it. He had to show America on a map to his little brother because he didn't know where it was. Wow. And he said, this, this, this country here, the Blessed Mother last night told me I have to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he may have even had a vision of the Blessed Mother the yeah. night before. He was a very holy guy. However, he loved his family, mm-hmm. and he was so sad that he didn't take goodbye to anybody except his dad. He said because mm-hmm. he wouldn't be able to go. He said if he wow. actually went home and told them what he was doing, he would just cry and cry and wouldn't be able to leave. So he just, just told his dad and then wrote letters to his family and just took off. Wow. He said, cause I ha- he said, I know for a fact this is what God wants me to do, and mm-hmm. I have to do it. And, I, and it'll be too sad for me if I go back home. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's incredible. And when God tells you to do something on your heart, you don't question it. Mm-hmm. Hard to do. We're not all there yet, but let's get there. Yeah. I think that's a good place to stop. Right. You want right. to close with a prayer? Sure. All right. Name of the, go ahead. Right, I'll, I'll do it. Sure. Name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, we pray for the intercession of Blessed Francis Xavier Silos uh, to help anyone who may be uh, struggling with. Did I say his name wrong? Francis. What did I say? Francer. Did I really? <laughs> Can I, let me restart you know, the prayer. You Dasher and Dancer and Francer. <laughs> Name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we pray for the intercession of Blessed Francis Xavier Silos, um, that um, he kind of intercedes for anyone who may be struggling with marijuana. And also, we just thank him for showing his name and his face in this podcast and that he adopts us kind of as, as spiritual children and all of our listeners as spiritual children and brings them closer to, to the Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. 